Hey guys, welcome to WWNT Nerd Alert, and I'm your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight is Fedra Ekris. Hello, everybody. And Jack McCarthy. I don't know. If I was a betting man, I'd say he's not going to make it. Uh, he might make it, but his son is graduating today, so congratulations, Patrick. And, uh, and Yeah, he's for- done. <laughs> yeah, well, he's... He's done for the moment, but now he moves on to something else. So he'll go to college. So that should be interesting. Anyway, Jack might be here, might not be here, but I'm pretty sure he won't be here. Uh, But you never know. You never know. All right, so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to have a a little main topic. And uh, that has to do with some of these, a lot of actors in the news recently that have gotten in trouble. And... They may or may not have affected the box office of the movies that they're in. And it's mostly superhero movies. But we're going to go over them and we're going to go over some of the past people that have had problems or have been replaced by other actors because of whatever, you know. But we'll try to narrow it down to just people that may have had trouble with production with the movies. So it should be a little interesting. All right, so I guess we'll get into the news. So uh, the Hulk movie rights are going back to Marvel. Uh, Apparently the terms of distribution last for 15 years. So Universal owned the rights to The Incredible Hulk. The last movie that they made was The Incredible Hulk. And 15 years have passed. In June of 2023, it's officially 15 years because the last release date was June of 2008. So that means that the rights to the Incredible Hulk go back to Marvel. And previously, that's why the Hulk has only been in Avengers and he's been in Thor. It's because they can't do an official movie without having to bend over to Universal. They do get some kind of... Universal gets monetary compensation for whenever the Hulk is in one of the MCU movies, but they can't do an official movie. So now they can't. So thoughts, Miss Eckris? I mean, it sounds great. It sounds like there's potential for better films and more focus of, of Hulk now, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I mean, for me, I'll say there's a, there is a couple of problems. It, it's tough to make a Hulk movie because they've made two and they haven't been great. Right. Uh, you know, it's it, the problem what they do is with a lot of they do with superhero movies is they always will do an origin story, which I don't think they have to do if they do. A yeah, Hulk hope, movie. yeah, hopefully yeah. not this time. But we don't see enough of the Hulk. And, and it was like that in the TV series, too. It's like. You would see Lou Ferrigno maybe twice if you were lucky during the the TV series. And Bill Bixby was just 80% of the show. And we want to see the Hulk. We want to see him kicking ass and doing some cool stuff. So there's always that. And that leads me to the other part, Mark Ruffalo. I think he sucks. Uh, I think he was good in the Avengers, but he's just... I, it's it's not the word progressive. I guess it's regressive. He's regressed since the Hulk. He's gotten worse and worse and worse. And 
I, you know, I don't like the Professor Hulk where we hear his voice and it's just a what they think an intelligent Hulk would sound like using Mark Ruffalo's voice, you know? He's got well, a- I mean, you're, you've never been a big fan of him either, no. though. So, I mean, I, I like, I kind of like the, the showcasing of, like, I'll just say human, you know, versus Hulk. But I feel like you're right that they need to do more balance, and they really haven't. And that's kind of my issue. It's like I would like to see more of Hulk and not just because I want him to smash stuff. <laughs> it's just I want to see like him in his elements of, you know, fighting and not just this constant, you know, transfer of human professor mode or uh, doctor mode. Like I- I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you there. Yeah. And, and there are a couple of good, Hulk stories where the Hulk basically remains the Hulk throughout. And one is uh, planet Hulk. And another one is the sequel world war Hulk. There's also future Imperfect, where it's like the Hulk. It takes place in the future. And he's basically like the ruler of earth. There's so many things that they can, good stories that they can tell. So hopefully they'll, they'll take one of those and, and it'd be cool, but good God, Jesus, if you're listening, please just have Mark Ruffalo decide not to play anymore. I just can't stand him as the Hulk. And I think he influences like the whole gentle Hulk that we have. And we need a savage Hulk. We need a Hulk that's just agreed, aggressive, yeah. angry, and none of this a kinder, gentler Hulk. Enough of I that mean, crap. I think we I think we could still have the kind but like 10%, you know, let's go 90% aggressive fighter smasher, you know, alpha mode. And then like 10% of the kindness that, that would be nice for, at least for now. Yeah, I I agree. We'll, We'll see. So have you seen secret invasion Fedra? No, no. Even I, when I saw the trailers and they're, I mean, I know you said it in the text and I am in full agreement. They are trying to sell the crap out of this thing. And it's like, I'm not buying it. I'm like, nope, I'm not. I mean, I love Samuel Jackson, but nope, I'm not doing it right now. Like, I don't believe it. I'm not going to waste my time sitting there for right now. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's getting very bad reviews. I refuse to watch. It's the first Marvel show that I refuse to watch. I've never been a fan of the Skrulls. Jack has been a huge fan of the Skrulls, and apparently he is, he is going to watch the first couple episodes, and he'll give his review whenever he's available. But it just looks like a watered-down version St- uh, telling of the story of, of the secret invasion that was in the comics. There's no really big superheroes in this. There's just like basically sea level superheroes, Nick Fury's in charge. And I, I'm sorry. He's good in small doses. I don't think he should have his own series because he's just like a one note character. He's Samuel Jackson. He's not Nick Fury. He's just Samuel Jackson. And then the other one is uh, James Rhodes' War Machine, Don Cheadle. And you know how I feel about him. Yes. 
it's it's so hard determining who I can't stand more, him or Mark Ruffalo in their roles. So I'm not a fan of either one of them. So one of them, I'm sure, is going to be a scroll at some point. But big deal. I, I mean, it's mostly it's going it's it's supposed to be about that there are scrolls on the earth and that they're taking over either world leaders or politicians, but they should be taking over superheroes. But again, they only really have two to choose from, you know, so who that, and and they aren't very good superheroes. So it's like, why even bother watching it? And uh, it's just gotten such bad reviews too. And I don't see the, the censor and the things that I've heard about it, it's just nonsensical. Like they're, they're pulling, like they're really pushing race into this one. And it's not the, the race issue of the scrolls versus the humans. It's again, our own country's history with race. And we don't need to be preached again uh, in, in another TV series. Maybe they filmed this before Iger had taken over and is changing things, but hopefully this is the last time we get something like that where we're preached to instead of entertained. I was going to say he was defending Brie Larson recently because he let it be known that uh, he thinks that there's a lot of people that hate Brie Larson because she's a strong woman and, and these guys are intimidated by a strong woman. And he also let this out cat out of the bag which i think he should have kept his mouth shut because now they're gonna rag her for it he said that when trump won the presidency she was broken and he had to comfort her and like they kind of bonded over that which i think is ridiculous and your thoughts on those things well i could say a lot um so i'll have to be particular uh and my language, of course. Uh, so, I mean, the whole thing about the race and racism, I think it's definitely overplayed. I think it would have been really interesting if they did do the whole scroll side for the, you know, invasion. I think that would have been cool. And, and you know. They could have made a movie. You know, yeah, a theatrical like make, movie. Yeah, make it very creative. Like the, the movie um, Bright comes to mind. Have you ever seen that, Will Smith? And it's like these mm, kind of like, no. they were like these mutant goblin kind of species on the planet. You should check it out. The way that they did that film, fabulous um, when it comes to species and race and all that. But I mean, when we're, when we're going over this particular topic again i just think it's really overkill and it just gives you like this stone feeling of defeat of like yeah i'm trying to unwind and watch a show with nick fury and then this is in it it's like could they come up with something else uh when it comes to you know samuel jackson and brie again i'm not a huge huge fan when celebrities in general talk about politics because genuinely i don't give a crap really uh i feel like again i'm very much personally a libertarian so when i'm in the middle here it's like you're not right you're not wrong you're not wrong and you're not right uh so i I don't feel like it's very professional of them 
you know, if, if I want to really slap them in the face, I would just say that they're artists, they're actors. That's what you should be doing. That's what you should be focusing on. You need to focus on being the best freaking actor, actress that you can be. I want you to portray that character, do what you got to do, and then punch out. I don't want to know about your sexual orientation. I don't want to know about your politics. I don't want to know about your family life. I mean, I just don't. I mean, as you've seen when I talk, you know, here on the podcast, I'm a huge fan of Keanu Reeves and Johnny Depp. I don't really look into their personal life. I mean, quite recently, obviously, we had to talk about it because it was all over the news about Amber Heard and him. But generally, I don't want to know those things. I, I want to know what they're good at and they're phenomenal actors at portraying a, a, an array of characters. So it does, it does upset me, you know, because it kind of makes me look down a little bit on them. And again, as a big fan of Samuel Jackson, if I saw him on the street, other than saying hello, I'd be like, why'd you bring that up? What, why do I have to care about what you think about any politician? What, what is that going to give me? Nothing. It is going to make me think in the future, do I go and support you in a film or not? Because the minute that you put that up there, you're dividing people on their support of you based on their feelings and their beliefs and their values. And who are you to downgrade anybody? You know, like really. And I mean, Brie... I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of Brie. I don't really know her except for, you know, this film and Captain Marvel. I thought she did a great job. I think she, she did a great job portraying that character, even though I know very little of it. But this whole selling like she was broken, like, come on, this, this is just. Well, she didn't high- say it. He did. Yeah, I, I know. It's just to get highlights in the, yeah. it, they just want to be in the feed, you know, as much as possible. And it's, it's just, again, not professional. It's like, grow up, okay? Like, really. Like, even Samuel Jackson doesn't have to do that. He was in Pulp Fiction. He was in so many films. Like, you don't need to ride the coattails of freaking Trump right now. You know? Like, it, it's just pathetic. Yeah, I, I'm going to start with Brie Larson. Uh, see, Brie Larson, as she was when she was kind of, like, uh, unknown she was decent. She was in like a couple of movies and she, you never really heard what she believed in, but then she won the Oscar for room and her status started to get a little bigger. And then she was cast as captain Marvel and she felt that she had a podium and that she needed to speak to people in order to make a change, which a lot of people do and athletes do it. Celebrities do it. And you, most people don't want to know about it. Like, uh, I'm like a Republican, but I don't, I think there are a lot of Republican, uh, senators and congressmen are jerks, you know, just like a lot of Democrats yeah. are, you, you can't trust politicians. Yeah. I mean, you can have like similar values or things that you find that are important that you might agree with. And then you have to decide based on what you think is important when, you know, you want to vote, like what a person stands for, that's how you vote, but never you know, have, excuse me, have like worship towards a person. Uh, 
as though they're they are the the full solution of anything. Well, I mean, to cut in just briefly, because um, I'm choking. <laughs> well, th the only thing that I would say here that you know I think is sensible is if you're going on a platform, you know, like if you're if you're like Elon, you know, Musk. And, and he obviously he owns Twitter, but, you know, he's saying his opinions on Twitter. So, like, if Samuel Jackson or Bree said these statements on their Twitter account or their Facebook or in their, you know, if Samuel Jackson is a blog, <laughs> that would be hilarious. You know, then I'd be OK with that. But they didn't. You know, this is like on an interview, you know, literally just getting fan base to get their you know their series up and running like you know there's a tact in there you know like that's that's what i have an issue with too it's like if if you want to you know write that on twitter or facebook or your instagram cool go for it that's your platform as an actor or artist and you want to stay your opinion on a story or, or real or whatever cool but not in this way when you're advertising a film or a series that you're on well i don't know i, I still have a problem with people going on twitter and overdoing it too, especially if you're going to insult a group of people that might have different values than you do, you, you know, whichever way you stand, you have to respect people. You could stand for what you believe in, but don't make fun of the things that other people believe in. But like I said, we're brave. It's, it's a slippery slope because of, uh, of, you know, freedom of the press and, and freedom of speech. But that's the press. And yeah. the press should be the press. The press should not be opinion. It should be facts about the news, but we're never going to get that. Um, yeah. Because it's just, they, they make money because they know which audience they need to cater to. And like, there'll be some that attack Trump. There'll be some that attack Hillary or, or Biden or whatever, but they're doing it not necessarily because they believe in it, but because they know it makes them money. Um, but these guys are just idiots. Like I, I'm just saying Brie, her problem was like, she made a big stink that she didn't like white men. And, you know, she said it several times and she felt that it was ruining the industry. And she felt that, um, everyone else was underrepresented because of white men. And she made a stink that she didn't want anybody that was white, a white male reviewing her, her Captain Marvel movie. Um, I don't think she wanted them. She didn't, you know, if there was going to be press uh, to view the movie, she didn't want, uh, you know, again, them there. She just made like a really big stink out of it. She could have handled it better. You know, you, like you could say that, you know, I'm all about having more inclusiveness in how movies are reviewed, but she specifically singled out white men, you know, and you just don't do it. It's almost like I hate them. I assume everybody else hates them, so I'm going to say it. And that's the problem is that when people talk, they assume that everyone shares their values, and that's not the case. And she just should have kept her mouth shut. And then what made it worse is that she's she's annoying. When she became Captain Marvel, I thought she was good. You know, I thought I still think that she makes a good Captain Marvel, but it went to her head. You know, she basically made a big stink that she was the strongest superhero ever to exist, that she can beat Superman, that she can easily beat the Hulk, and she can beat Thor. She just, like, where other actors that portray superheroes don't bother with that. You know, they don't, like, when they're interviewed about their roles, like Chris Hemsworth, 
he'll talk about, oh, yeah, I had a great movie and everything. But she'll always bring up the fact that, do you know that I am the strongest superior? And she does. And she refers to herself in the first person. Like she'll she thinks almost like she is Captain Marvel. And even when they opened up that Avengers, I think it was Avengers Academy in uh, in Disneyland. She was saying that, you know, like I can easily lift up this. Uh, oh, I, I forget what it's called. You know, the Avengers ship or whatever. And uh, it, it's like, no, your character can. But she just on the press tours, if you were seeing the press tours, Fedra, for Endgame, they all you can just tell in their faces when they were like, say, like there was four of them and she was one of the four. Like you had Don Cheadle and you had Chris Hemsworth and uh robert downey jr and her she would try to answer all the questions and if you remember she was barely in that movie you know but she made a big stink and she kept saying that she goes well we all know that i'm stronger than thor and and it just annoyed people it it just was so annoying like if a male would have done that you would have gotten sick of them like if somebody's playing superman and like they're Constantly oh, saying, yeah. well, you know, it's like no matter what role I play after this, I'll always be the most powerful superhero in the world. It's it's just arrogance. And that's why people hate her. They don't hate her because they're intimidated that she's a strong woman. They hate her because she's a bitch. And she really is. She needs to calm down. She needs to shut up. And that's all I have to say about her because I've said a lot about her throughout the years. She could be not, and if she changed, I would completely, free, you know, let go a lot of the things that she said. But she hasn't, <laughs> you know, she's still has that chip on her shoulder. And well, I'm glad that you see that it's that. Yeah, it's going to affect, I think, this movie too. When she starts to impress for it, it it's going to be back because she even like when somebody had asked her about the Marvels a couple of years ago. And uh, she said something like, she goes, she goes, I don't know. He goes, I keep hearing nobody likes me. Nobody, you know, mo- nobody wants me to play the character anymore. And uh, she just has to realize this is just a job. This is not your life. You are not Captain Marvel and you are not a politician. You, you know, you don't make policy for people. Um, and Michael Jordan always said it best because a lot of people would push him. And it's like, well, why don't you? talk about you know specific issues political issues and all that and uh why don't you support the democratic party more and come out and speak so that you know because people look up to you and he says he said well republicans buy sneakers too you know so he got it like he got it like that if you alienate half of your audience you you know you're gonna lose money in the end mm-hmm. but if you're a nice guy and everybody likes you like you mentioned keanu reeves it's like people just like him because he doesn't talk down to people he doesn't have a bad thing to say about people you don't know his politics he's just happy to be in a movie he's just happy that you like him and that's the perfect actor even though he's not the perfect actor he's, he's just not. he's the perfect star we'll say where you can like him and you can be just proud of him like when he makes accomplishments because he's such a nice guy. I, I saw, I don't know if you sent it to me or somebody sent it to me where he was, it was a video of him talking to a kid 
And he said, uh, did you see Toy Story 4? And he goes, you know, I was in that. You know, I played the guy that was on the motorcycle. Did you like him? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, oh, it was so cool playing him. I really enjoyed it. You know, it's just the way he talks about things. you got to love the guy. And neither Samuel Jackson or Brie Larson are like that. So, all right. So now i got to turn to Samuel Jackson. Uh, His... You know, he's kind of like, a, a, again, the same thing. I, I I love him in every Quentin Tarantino movie. There is no such thing as a bad Quentin Tarantino movie, and there's no such thing as a, of him in those movies playing it bad. He just, Tarantino gets the best out of him. Sometimes he plays himself, and, and there are other times when he doesn't. And I just love every, Pulp Fiction's my favorite movie, like you mentioned Oh, I didn't know that. Cool. Oh, yeah. That and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly are kind of like somewhere. Mm. They're completely yeah. different films, but they're always my most watchable films that I watch over and over again. I watched Pulp Fiction recently, and I, you know what I thought for the first time is that Samuel Jackson's character is still alive. You know, like yeah. John Travolta's character was killed, but... He could make a movie. I, I don't know if he'll ever do it because Tarantino says his next movie is going to be the last movie. But he can make a movie about because he said that he's retiring from the business and he's going to go walk the earth. Like, yep. And yep. I think that would be an interesting movie, you know, if they ever decided to do something like that. I quote, I quote that scene all the time just because of my spirituality. So it's like, I'm trying, Ringo. <laughs> I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. (laughs) I'm like, yep, I'm right there. (laughs) Such a good scene. I thought it was Ezekiel. (laughs) It was like, and blessed is the righteous man who is the protector. (laughs) Yeah, when he quotes the the scripture, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I shall come down with furious anger. (laughs) I love that movie. Anyway, I don't think he's a great actor in anything else, though. I think he just phones it in when he plays Nick Fury, and I'm sure he's going to be doing that in this series, too. It just seems like it. And he just needs to keep his mouth shut. And again, he has to realize, too, I I know there's a lot of people that don't like Trump, but 80-plus million people voted for him. You can't just alienate them, because he basically kind of called Trump supporters like rednecks and uh, and you know during his interview promoting this secret invasion and he should have just like you just gotta watch it It, it's you know because I'm sure Disney was like oh oh god (laughs) I wish he wouldn't have said that and um, but he doesn't care because again he believes that everyone should think like him and if you don't he doesn't want you watching his movie you know, it's, he just thinks you're an idiot. It, it's a very ignorant statement to make when you when you fall like and put everyone in a category, and and that's what I find very interesting because when you're talking about being progressive and inclusive, but then you make statements like this that clearly divide people, that clearly make people inferior, you're being a hundred percent hypocritical. So I, I don't know how. You think you're being an example of making, you know, America this amazing, progressive, freedom-loving, when it's not. When you're alienating, like you just said, possibly over 80 million people. That's a lot of people. 
It's not a little small group as they're trying to make it out to be. So, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm the care. I'm the care bear in this in this group here. I'm the one who wants love and rainbows and unity and just everybody get along. And I, I will continue to do that. But that means that you have to compromise and you have to see that not everybody, you know, sees your way. And yeah, I, I think Samuel Jackson and a lot of other celebrities need to understand what tact is and to be diplomatic. Exactly. Anyway, let's see what we got here. Also, Jonathan Majors appeared in court for the first time over his domestic assault claims. And basically the lawyers are blaming the police and saying that they're racist. And that's why he was arrested. I still don't know the full story of it. I mean, I hear bits and pieces of it. I think more is coming out this week, but it's. I think, I think it's interesting, you know, what I read in the article and how, you know, they're, they're saying that the police kind of assured her to make this story. Whereas, I don't know about that. Maybe they were just giving her. Uh, advice because from what the article says she woke up injured and she doesn't know how that happened um you know the lawyers are saying that he wasn't even there that they had to unlock her from a closet and she was unconscious and she had slept in there apparently and that's how she got injured so yeah, yeah there's a lot of variables there where i'm like okay i can see both points so, but I mean, it, the, yeah, like, the, it, like, I, like the original story when it came out, and I think a lot of people are in the, under the impression, and, and again, this is there's a bunch of, and I won't even say he said, she said, but this was like what the press said, and what we're hearing now is that they were in a cab, he was on a cell phone, he was getting texts from some other girl, she got pissed and tried to grab the text phone, and then he grabbed her by the wrist and by the throat, and I don't know if she passed out, but they had to call an ambulance or the police or whatever. That's the original story that I heard. Uh, yeah. But now it seems to be changing. Um, yeah, it's saying that he was in a hotel room somewhere else and she went clubbing. She ended up back at her pl at you know the place that they both lived in took a whole bunch of sleeping pills because she sent him over 12 messages and he never responded. So I guess she was attempting suicide. Uh, and she ended up locked in a closet, injured with her, her finger and a cut around her ear. So, I, I mean, that could check out too. You know, she was intoxicated, she was tired. He broke up with her via text. She's emotional. She's erratic at this point. I mean, being under the influence of alcohol and uh, pain medication or sleeping pills, that can do a number on you. Um, so there's a lot of variables there where I can see both sides. So it's going to come down to really the evidence and what they can present because yeah. I I'm not sure. I mean, he is a big guy. And I mean those are very different stories just like you just said yeah no it is bizarre and again like you said the most important part is that 
evidence. And it's like you can't judge a person until you hear all the facts. Like he, you can't say he's guilty. You can't say he's not guilty. You got to wait until the trial comes and the jury finds him either innocent or guilty. And again, we're not going to be privy to all the facts too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is kind of bizarre that the the story has changed so much. The only thing that I remember though is the text that the lawyer released, and it didn't make him look good. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the way that it made her look like she was scared of him. Or she yeah, was I mean, scared of to, losing him. I mean, there's a variable, like, who's to say that he was at that hotel? He could have gone then. Oh, there. yeah, it's easily. He could have He yeah. could have showed up there because he's easily recognizable. He could have rented a room. Doesn't mean that he was there. He could have gone back right to that apartment and do exactly what is said in the story. We don't know that. This happened over the course of, like, midnight to, I think, 2 a.m. So there's a lot of time there where things could have been very differently. We don't know. But something is going on, though, and it could be, again, just like his lawyers pushing this one scenario because they they were in a cab <laughs> and yeah. there was a driver and he apparently is willing to make a statement. So something happened in that cab when they try to make it like, well, no, he had not. He wasn't there. I don't I don't know if I necessarily believe that. Well, he want. They said that he's going to testify, but it seems like he's going to testify for majors. And I'm sorry, he is pretty wealthy. It's not going to be hard to bribe a taxi driver, because now he's saying that he was very calm and collective. He never raised her voice to uh, to her, and it was actually her who like pulled on his expensive jacket and like ripped it so it's now making her really the villain now so that's what's interesting it's like it's it's changing and turning completely in the opposite direction now and i don't know this girl at all i don't know what she looks like or whatever but she doesn't sound like the best person like no she doesn't and and what's even more interesting is that he already has a new girlfriend and that's who went with him to court i'm sorry i read through the whole entire article i wanted to I be a, i wanted to be a detective when i was young <laughs> so i'm like <laughs> i'm on it like what like i want all the facts <laughs> so. yeah it's uh, to me it, it seemed like again from her texts and all that to him that she looked at him as as her ticket to not to you know to the, to the, the high life you know what I'm saying like yeah. the, hanging out with the rich and the famous and well when she went to the club she used his credit card for everything oh she did really for everything the cab the nightclub everything now wait so was this the night before or the night after uh, from my understanding it was it was the same night like they had the argument in the cab. He decided to go to a hotel separately. She decided to go clubbing while she's at the club. He breaks up with her via text. She decides to just rack up a whole bunch of, you know, drinks. And, you know, I I could see that, you know. Something's fishy, though, because it's like, again, I remember they released those videos a few months ago of her at the club. And she was shaking hands with the DJ and all that. And they're like, and she was paying using the credit card and they're like, Oh, if her arm was injured, she wouldn't be able to, you know, sign the credit card or, you know, for the, for the bill and all that. But that was, a. I remember specifically that that was the next day. So they were trying to say that 
she was never injured because if she was, she wouldn't have gone out clubbing. And I remember a lot of people said, well, look, you know, there's no, nothing wrong with her going out clubbing. Maybe she just was trying to forget it, you know, and, and so what she was able to sign it. So I don't think that that happened the same day. I don't know if they're trying to make it look that way, but I specifically remember that it happened the next day. Anyway, we'll find out. I think it's in August. The trial starts. Yeah, we need something since we haven't had Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, you know, to watch on TV. That was actually kind of fascinating. Um, although the results in that, I still think it's just weird. They they both were not very good people either, Johnny Depp or Amber Heard. But Amber Heard really got the butt end of things. It's like public opinion turned against her. Um, she could never get a job again. And then Johnny Depp was put on a pedestal. And that I don't believe. I don't think he deserves to be put on a pedestal. Uh, she might have done some bad things. I'm sure she did. She did seem like, from the tapes I heard, she was a nasty woman. But mm-hmm. um, but he yeah, was in, in he, fact, he was in fact, uh, Disney actually tried to offer him again the Pirates of the Caribbean. Apparently, he's turned it down again. He said he's not going to work with them. Well, yeah, but it, I think somebody offered, or he got a deal with some cologne company for $20 million uh, after this. Like, you know, recently, I'd say like in the last five months. And hmm. yeah, no, he's definitely people want to work with him. Um, it's weird. Yeah, I'm not going to go into that, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Craven Hunter trailer. Did you watch Craven Hunter trailer? I did not. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, so we got the first trailer for Craven the Hunter. I'll just say I watched it, and it looks like another Morbius. It doesn't Uh-oh. look like the Craven <laughs> that we. You might like it because it's there's got a lot of. Slavic people in it. Oh, joy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Russell Crowe plays his father. And uh, he's got like a, like a Russian accent. I, and it's funny because my nephew was saying this and I felt the same way. Russell Crowe would have made a really good Craven the Hunter. Not this guy. I forget his name. He was the one in Kick-Ass and he was Quicksilver. Um, but it just looks dumb. I, I hate... There's only the only one I could think of is Joker was a good movie about a villain, but you need the superhero to be in there. You you should rarely make movies about villains like Venom and Harley Quinn and you know now Craven. It's no and Morbius. Nobody wants to see this crap. They want to see them fight against the superhero. And Craven is one of Spider-Man's greatest villains. It's just bull crap that we need to see his origin. And that it looks like he's going to be a good guy in this or, or an anti-hero. And it's just my craven. Look, I doubt I'm going to see it. This doesn't look very good. All right. Yeah. Let's see here. I'll, I'll jump to the Pixar stuff. So I did see elemental. Uh, I doubt you're going to see that. Um, I wasn't excited about it at all. I don't think anybody was like the trailers weren't very good. The design of the characters didn't look very good. 
but I did see it. I didn't think it was that bad. I, I reviewed it for the site and I gave it a seven. Hmm. Um, it was, you, you know, it, I think it's also partly it's the herd mentality. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not. I, I, it's just Pixar's in trouble. They've given us so much crap and, and Disney in the last couple of years that I think people are just don't trust them anymore that they don't want to spend their money, not only on the, on them, but on their children and their family spend like about a hundred dollars to go to the movies, knowing that you might be getting garbage when you go and see it. But that's why it failed. Cause it made 29 million at the box office. It's going to be another loss for Pixar. They're never going to, you know, make a profit from this movie. And it did even worse overseas too, but it, it you know, it's, uh, I, I I was okay with it though. I'll just say that seven out of ten is average. It's what what I found interesting about the whole thing was it was when you see the trailers, it looks like it's about mixed race relations and like a Romeo and Juliet story where like the one family can't accept the other one and so forth. But this is more about like where her. I would say she's Asian, the flame and her parents come from Asia. And when she's a little baby, they decide to, I would assume come to America for a better life. so they could start work hard, start their own business. And you, you can tell that they love her. They sacrificed a lot. They left their old family at home just so that they're to provide a better life for their daughter. And they work in like some grocery store, and they're all again hard workers, and they're teaching her daughter how to be become a really good worker. So, because eventually she's gonna take over the business once they retire. And it's more that she doesn't want. She starts to realize that she like she likes other things that she wants to do, and that she wants to go to college to do uh, like glass blowing, like what they you know like how they do with the flames and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That she's pretty good at that. And but she loves her family so much, she doesn't want to disappoint them. So she decides to just accept this is what it's going to be. She's going to be the, the new owner of this grocery store, and uh, you know, she's torn. So it's a nice story, it, you know, in which that there's so much love within the family that they don't want to hurt each other, but they don't realize that they are hurting each other in a way, um, by all the things that they're doing. So and there's other things too, but it's. I'm just gonna say it's not the worst Pixar movie. It's definitely not the best Pixar movie. It'll probably be on Disney Plus. I will say it's June now, next month. It's not gonna be in the box office much longer. I would say check it out. But I, I think we were talking about it. We had the discussion where, like, the head of Pixar now is 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 he's just kind of being a jerk. He's trying to blame the audiences like he's he blamed the failure of light year that the audience didn't understand what the movie is about and that it, it basically was about you know buzz light year like the real buzz light year the, the story that andy grew up loving the movie and that's why he he was such a f- big fan of buzz light year and that there was no woody in it but it, you know and then this one he's blaming the critics and he's blaming the audience that they're they're so used to getting their movies on Disney plus now the Pixar movies that they didn't come out, but it's just, 
I, I think that the problem is these movies are no Toy Story. They're no Up. They're no Monsters, Inc. You know, like right. all their classic movies. Wally, Finding Nemo. And he was pissed at that, too. He said he doesn't think it's fair that we're being compared to our own movies. This guy needs to go. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. It's uh, they just need somebody. They need to bring back John Lasseter, but he got canceled during the Me Too movement. And I don't know his the full story, but apparently he was very touchy feely with some of his employees and they kicked him out. But he he was very responsible for the success of Pixar. And ever since he left, it's just gone downhill. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you didn't sell it to me to, to see it. Uh, so uh, I don't no, know. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it, Fetra. <laughs> you don't have to see it. There's no Russian people in that. Or, uh, no, what were you? You're Serbian, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no Serbians. N nothing Slavic. So, yeah, you can, you, well, I'm not, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't have to say it. Yeah, sorry about that. All right, so I guess we'll kind of lead into our main topic, and that is a lot of superheroes like right now we got Jonathan majors, the guy that plays name, or I don't know what his name is Ezra Miller. They've all been in the press lately for things that they've may or may have not done. And some have definitely done, but it's affected the box office or, or the companies are concerned that they will affect the box office and they're either, they might be replaced or in the case of Ezra Miller, he wasn't replaced and it seems like the press are blaming him for the failure of, of the movie, The Flash, because it, it did horrible. It made $55 million opening weekend, and it's definitely going to be a huge loss for for uh, DC. Like, the executives did not want to replace him. They said, well, let's just talk to him, keep him quiet, and then we'll release the movie, and then, you know, we'll... They'll just hope things work out, but it didn't. But what do you think? Do you, do you think they should cancel the movie or should they have refilmed his scenes? Uh, I, I think it's also just not realistic to blame everything on Ezra Miller. I agree. Like, granted, he's a sounds like he's a terrible person from, you know, his most recent past actions. He should be in jail by now. I, I'm mm. really... Uh, unhappy that that's not the case because any regular person would be in jail a long time ago. Um, you know, and also like Michael Keaton, I love Michael Keaton, but he can't save the entire picture. That's not his responsibility at all. It's again, as we say on the show all the time about the story, how it's, how it's portrayed, the characters and all of that. So I think this is a good example of, why you can't patch things together and hope for the best. You got to really work at it to make a good film. And I personally, just because of the magnitude of 
what Ezra Miller was doing in other people's lives, which was harming them, um, should have been pulled and they should have gone from the drawing board and scratch it or, you know, shift gears in the best way that they could uh, instead of doing this because it's really not a good example of showing this like that they care about people or that they you know that they want to show this professionalism and yet they have Ezra Miller all over the place knowing full well uh, what he was doing and that it's obvious that they made a deal with him is obvious in front of everyone which isn't a good thing and it's not going to make people want to see it either um you know if they actually care uh and then the people that are coming are pretty much supporting michael keaton so again that does no justice for the newer actors that are in there i'm sorry i don't know their names but i know that there's two other actors and actresses there so yeah I, I mean in order to save money in the long run i definitely would have cut it if if that was possible but we don't know the timeline of when all of this was occurring with ezra miller if it was already in the middle of it and they've already done a good chunk of filming then yeah they do have to press and move forward to just get it off the off the market so i could see that yeah like you said uh, what ezra miller did was just unacceptable and he should see some kind of jail time hopefully in the future and whatever he did in the past i'm pretty sure he's going to do it in the future too yes agreed right now he's being quiet he's being like almost like a gun to his head mm -hmm. if you want to be in flash too you better be good if you want to make 20 million dollars in your next picture you better be good see well, the problem with that too is that if if somebody is really good at what they do then they get better at doing at it, doing it and hiding it and getting away with it. And no, that's that's another concern there. Uh, because once you get more money and you get more fame, you can, you know, do um, non-disclosures and you can get away with a ton of stuff when you can pay people off. And that's my uh, fear here because he's affecting children and women and doing it in public. I mean, and I mean, even even if I actually cared about his identity and his sexual orientation, at least the group that he is supposedly representing, you're not giving a good look for that no, either. Right. Yeah. And you're not showing that you actually care about mental health and 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 goodness. So it's like, yeah, you, you like. Yeah, thank goodness I'm not in that department because I would want him to have jail time. I'd want him to go and get rehab. I'd want him to be, you know, evaluated psychologically, like whole thing across the board because of his actions. He's not um, safe, really. No, yeah, and he, yeah, he's not safe, not only to himself, but other people. Um, yeah, no, he is problematic. And the, I think the thing that turned me off the most was like seeing the police footage of him being arrested in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And he just felt like, do you know who I am? You know, I'm better than you. You're going to all lose your jobs if you arrest me. And then somebody had said, you know, sir. And he says, don't call me, sir. Those are not the pronouns that I use. I use the pronouns they, them. If you call me, sir, one more time, I am going to charge you with, uh, 
misgendering and, and all this. And, you know, I'm going to take you to sue you. And it's don't hide behind the trans community. You know, when you did something bad, you know, you know, stand up you know, and, and just accept the consequences for your actions. And like you said, he's just making, you know, that group look bad, which is wrong. A- I mean, amen to that. Yeah. yeah stand they, behind hit the consequences of his actions. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I will say I saw the movie. He's he's not. I wouldn't say he's the the. He, he actually does a decent job in the role that he plays. I, I think for me the biggest problem was it was called the Flash. I don't think people are interested in the Flash. It's the same thing with Aquaman two is coming out. I don't think many people are going to see that. They saw the first one. It made a billion dollars. I have no idea how that made a billion dollars move. And that movie was not very good. Aquaman is not a good character. Jason Momoa is not a good actor. Uh, you know, it's just uh, they're mostly interested in Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. They'll come out and fill the seats for them. And, you know, if they're in the Justice League movie, they'll be in that. But if you're giving us a movie about The Flash, Green Lantern, Cyborg, it better be 10 out of 10 material or else it's not going to make money. I think that that's the main problem of it. What bothered me, too, is that so many people duped us, too, because there were so many early press screenings, and all of these executives came out and said it's the best superhero that's ever been made. And a lot of the fans that went to go say it said the same thing. It's the greatest superhero movie you'll ever see. And it's not, but it's not horrible. I always say, you know, I think it's fine. I, I think it's a decent superhero movie, but it's definitely not the greatest thing since sliced bread and that kind of bothers me and but they always do that though it's like people had seen rise of skywalker and it's it's the best star wars movie ever made and it wasn't and uh it's just people have to learn to be weary of early reactions to movies uh, you know from people that have seen it because a lot of those people feel fortunate to have seen it they want to be asked back for other premieres. So they're going to say a lot of good things. It's the audience that's important, that they need to be the judge. And hopefully honest critics will either bring people to the movies or keep them away. I still think it's a decent movie. I think that you should check it out. I think it's getting a lot more hate than it it deserves. But... That's just me. I mean, I will check it out. I used to read some of the Flash comics. But again, I'm really going to see Keaton. I'm not supporting Ezra Miller. So it's, you know, it's that too, that undertone of it. He is like 80% of the movie, though. That's the problem, too. Oh, great. <laughs> it's, uh, they could they could have cut, well, it's called The Flash. And not only that, but he plays two characters. He plays young Barry and older Barry. He plays three characters actually. And it, yeah, it, if they would have, this could have succeeded if they would have had Henry Cavill in there, if they would have had Gail Godot, um, Ben Affleck, maybe bring in, if you could bring in Christian Bale back as Batman, you know, just make it a crazy justice league movie. And just don't mention the flash and flash in the title, maybe flashpoint, but it could have been a lot better if they would have 
included a lot more superheroes in the movie instead of just it was basically was the two flashes michael keaton's batman and supergirl you know were the the main characters and i don't know they they just made mistakes we'll just say so now they're gonna have to start over but again what bothers me too is james gunn is now head of dc and he said it, it was one of the greatest superhero movies he's ever seen that makes me worried. Now, again, he may have been pumping it up because he works for DC now. Right. But, but if he thinks that was the best superhero movie he's ever seen, we may be in trouble, you know? Um, I did want to bring up again, there were some actors in the past that have had prob- problems with, uh, I guess, the production companies, and they were recast. And one of the people in the MCU was Terrence Howard, like you saw the first Iron Man, right? Mm-hmm. So he played Rhodes in the first one. And I, I think he wanted a higher salary and he got pissed off and he just walked away. And then they replaced him with Don Cheadle. Um, but I always felt he would have been such a great war machine because I just think Don Cheadle is just way too skinny, way too old, you know, and, it's sad. It's like a future that I wish I, you know, we would have had. The other one is the Hulk. Edward Norton was Bruce Banner in the Hulk. And then it went to his head and he wanted to work on the story and people just didn't like working with him. So he wasn't asked back to be, Bruce Banner and it was they they got uh, Mark Ruffalo to replace him which is sad you know it's sad for me (laughs) yeah you're not a big fan of that but that killed Edward Norton's career too Uh, he hasn't really been in much after that and he was in Fight Club Mm -hmm. and American History X he's a really good actor he was like one of those actors that was kind of like, you know, you thought he might be like a Marlon Brando because he had like a string of pretty damn good movies. And then his mouth, his arrogance, his conceit just got ahead of him. And now he's not the Hulk anymore. Uh, so Michael Keaton as Batman. So there's been a bunch of Batman. So he didn't want to do Batman after Batman Returns because Tim Burton wasn't coming back. He didn't like the script, so he he bowed out. But he was replaced by Val Kilmer. And Val Kilmer actually, you know, he's had like a bad reputation in Hollywood. He was another one that was very arrogant around that time. And he didn't get along with the director. And I, I heard, and I, I haven't heard this recently, but I remember when the movie came out that uh, he put a cigarette out on the director's chest. And uh, the director said, it's either him or me. Because, you know, if you want me back, I'm not coming back. If Kilmer's going to be there. So he got basically canned. And his career was hurt after that. Wow. Didn't know that about Val Kilmer. 
Yeah, and he was a he was a decent Batman too. That movie was all over the place though. <laughs> you know, did you ever see that Batman Forever? Yes, of course. I liked uh, Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Um, Tommy Lee Jones' Two Face was not very good. No, and, and it was very reminiscent of the Adam West Batman. It was very colorful. It was very cartoony. Uh, yeah, I remember from the documentary you recommended. It was very difficult for Val Kilmer to even move in that suit. So he looked very stiff throughout. It was very difficult to to play the character in such a suit. And that's that's a big thing to consider. He was a good Bruce Wayne, though. I'd say he's probably one of the best Bruce Waynes that we had. And then he was replaced by my favorite, George Clooney. That's your favorite? No, it's my sarcasm coming out. Good, good okay. Yeah, because he's the worst. Other than Ben Affleck, but that's my opinion. Really? You would choose George Clooney over Ben Affleck? No, I think neither were. T- I think both of them were terrible. No, my ideal is probably, um, I mean, if I could find someone that could do Christian Bale and Val Kilmer with a hint of Keaton, that would be perfect. Affleck is in the flash. He's actually pretty good. I, I think that he's gotten better throughout time. I will never believe you. <laughs> I was with you, Fedra. When he was first cast, I just lost it because he just didn't look like Bruce. He just looked, he looked too much like Ben Affleck for me. I'm sorry. I mean, I just, just can't. I just can't see it. I just can't. Like... Ben Affleck. It. It's just well, Ben Affleck fulfilling his kid dream of being Batman. It's like, oh look, I got a cape and I got a suit. Ugh, I'm Batman. It's like, nope. He wasn't you're like not. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say though, you got to give him credit. He did work out, and he was super buff. Probably did steroids in the process, but I was glad to see Batman looking that big. Like we've never seen him look that big before. And that's how Batman should be. All right, cool. I mean, yeah. Cool. Yeah, okay. I'll give him credit for for working out, sure. And even the Spider-Man, like, Tobey Maguire was kind of playing around with Sony. And he he wanted more money and he wasn't going to come back for Spider-Man 2. And I think like they finally had enough and they got they ended Spider-Man after Spider-Man 3 they just ended the franchise. And they brought in Andrew Garfield and then after Amazing Spider-Man 2 they ended the franchise cuz he disrespected the uh, Japanese uh, executives from Sony by not showing up at the meeting at, I think in the Hollywood office uh, cuz he was fooling around with Emma Stone and he just didn't feel like getting out of bed. And so they rebooted the franchise because of that. I guess my point is just there's just so many actors out there that have big heads and they had such good roles, could have made a ton of money. Even Affleck, I mean, good Lord, you know how much money he walked away from with Batman? Because he was supposed to do a, a three-picture deal 
where he was going to write and direct three Batman movies at, with him as Batman, of course. Um, but he would have been like, what's his name? Uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. But for, for DC, he, he would have at least gotten a half a billion dollars after everything was all said and done. That's not bad. No, he didn't get it because he kind of like, you know, what happened with him too is everybody didn't like him with Batman v Superman. And they made fun of him because of Martha. And, and I think it got to him, you know, that he started drinking again. It, it's just, I guess my point is, you know, there's, there's a lot of superhero movies. There's a lot of controversies with some of the actors and their actions have kind of affected the box office. And the, you know, and the franchise itself, like whether they had gone on or they just canceled them altogether or rebooted them. But I just want to throw in a main topic <laughs> tonight. You know, right. I, I know I kind of zipped through it and I, I, it was just a last minute thing, but that's what I was thinking. A lot of replacements. We could have had a lot of better movies. And I guess we could have had a lot of worse movies too, but whatever. All right, I guess that's it. <laughs> I guess we'll wrap it up. So, Fedra, can you tell people where they can find you? Oh, you can follow me on Instagram at Fedra Ecris or be my friend on Facebook. Uh, just let me know that it's from Nerd Alert. And you, right. can e and you can email me at fedra at com. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com and send me a friend request on Facebook and also mention Nerd Alert. I'm also on the podcast Rusted Junks, the 80s movies podcast with a friend of the show, Charlie Hunter, and uh, also his partner, Amanda, and his buddy, uh, Dom. And it's uh, it's fun. The next movie we're going to do, you're going to like, Fedra. Legend. Oh, lovely. Yes. Big fan. Tim Curry Char plays the Prince of Darkness. I, yeah, I love that movie. It's it's creepy as hell at times, but I it's such a fun fantasy movie. Oh, it's it's great. I love everything about that film. I love how it was shot. I love the music. It's a good tale. It's really underrated, actually. It is. It's Ridley Scott, you know. Yeah. That. It's funny because I was telling Charlie about it. There's two different versions. There's the mm -hmm. the director's cut. Yeah, or or the international one, and then the theatrical one. Yeah, the the theatrical, uh, the international one is longer by about twenty minutes or so. But I asked him if we could watch the theatrical one because that's the one I watched. And it's got the Tangerine Dream soundtrack as opposed to the, I keep forgetting his name, Goldsmith, um, did the symphonic score for the, the international one. I just think Tangerine Dream is better. It seems more like like a fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, the soundtrack is much more memorable. Yeah, and, my uh, I love Tim Curry as 
Prince of Darkness. I love his monologue toward the end. It's it's one of my favorite parts. Also, my favorite part is when he attempts to seduce um, right. Lily. Yeah. That's a, that's actually a great example for people to understand the shadow of of women because when you see Lily in white, she's all like pure and quote unquote innocent and scared. And then when he sits with her and, you know, talks about like to eat his food and, and dress in the clothes that I give you. And she's very like resistant of it, but then she's kind of seduced by the music and then he's like having her quote unquote under the spell. It's it's a beautiful visual of that because then she turns from all white to all black. It's it's showing that nice duality. It's pretty cool. And she's dancing with the the dress dummy, you know. And <laughs> yeah. And that dress is so hot. <laughs> it uh, is. It, it's it's like uh, I mean that's that's another thing like when you see that I mean is that an entity is that a spirit like what is that because when it it's like creepy it, it's creepy and it becomes of her like yeah but I, yeah I love both dresses actually I wanted to get yeah. a replica of her white dress but that was so expensive oh my god um, that is very medieval looking it's gorgeous you know it's funny I was at like one of these comic cons. And uh, this girl was by me and she asked if I could take a picture of her, you know, with her phone. And I was like, you're Lily, <laughs> you know, but she was wearing the pure Lily outfit. Uh huh. And she's like, wow, she goes, I didn't think anybody would know, you know, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you're like, I do, I do. <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> I do the same way. <laughs> and then I ran away. <laughs> oh. I was too intimidated by her. Oh, it's it's. I mean, oh, I, I I'm glad you're gonna be reviewing that film because it's so underrated. It's so good. I haven't seen yeah. it in a while either. And I just can't believe Charlie's never seen it. He's such a big '80s guy. Oh, uh, he's gonna love it. I I hope he does. I think it's, he's gonna hate it because like usually when he watches movies now, and he's not a a, a young child or youth. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have the same feeling for that movie, you know? So oh, well, do, do, do tell him that a lot of the... I was very impressed with all the folklore that's in that film. I mean, not only Prince of Darkness with the goblins, with the cannibalism, uh, with the fairies and the elves, and they portray them exactly how they're supposed to be. They're mischievous. They're mean. They're not always sweet and cuddly. Like, I was just like, thank you. Somebody got it right, you know? <laughs> like, I, I love, and I love the unicorns and the power of the unicorns. And, ah, mm. uh, it's it's just a beautiful fantasy film. It's just awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it again. All right, let's see here. Where am I at here? And check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today, as well as Universal Parks News Today for your Disney and Universal News. And finally, if you like our show and enjoy other WDWNT podcasts and like would like to become a Patreon supporter, please visit the WDWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. And with that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert Season 9, Episode 24. So until next time, See ya. Good night, everybody. <laughs>